Welcome to the Pocket Coven Podcast, where magic meets mental health. I'm Amber Lenore, a witch and licensed psychotherapist. I'm Callie Little, a sex educator and emotional support witch, and we're the coven in your pocket. Hello. Hello. Happy November. Happy November. Happy full moon. Happy full blue moon. And blessed Samhain. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot of stuff right now. The election is in two days. The day that this podcast goes out. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It was also my daughter's birthday. My one beloved child is turning 17 on the 3rd of November. Happy bidet. Olivia. <laughs> She's going to love that. She's like, isn't it a day? Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. I think she started listening because our listeners under the age of 18 uh-huh. count went up. Oh, that's cute. Last night she said, hey, could I like, I don't even know where this came from. She's like, can I just like, can I plug your pod? And I was like, yeah. Aww. So she just put up, she just like put up like a black screen that just says, follow this with Pocket Coven oh, that's podcast so on it. I know. I thought that was very sweet. Thank you, Olivia. Thank and welcome you, Olivia's Thank- friends. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're talking about the moon today. I was so excited for this episode. I knew I wanted to record a moon episode in the beginning, mm-hmm. which I mean, we're still in the beginning, but... And immediately it was like, it's called making out with the moon because I love the moon. Yeah. And I feel like the moon was my entry point into the esoteric because I've been into the moon all forever. Like, I've always loved the moon. Bitches love the moon. Bitches love the moon is true. Maybe we we should rename the pod Bitches Love the Moon. I mean, that's the (laughs) offshoot podcast where we just discuss our menstrual cycles. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just kidding. That's not real. We're not doing it. No, I I, I spent most of my 20s just talking about my menstrual cycle because I was in the midwifery community. And I think everyone's quite, quite done with that. We were both those 20-year-old feminists who were like, I painted this with period blood. You know? I did. I did. And now I'm just like, oh, again? Okay. And like, you know, 40s coming for me. I'm not, I'm not impressed by you anymore, blood. But at 20, man, totally. I dated a girl that had an upside-down American flag in her room that she painted on with her period blood. I thought she was very cool. She was very cool. <laughs> Wow. I I like that it's upside down. So (laughs) punk rock. So hardcore. (laughs) People have loved the moon forever. People have loved the moon forever. It's a powerful thing. And Mm -hmm. NASA just discovered that there's water on the moon. Okay. Tell me more about this because I'm, I'm mystified. Okay. I don't, I don't really know a lot of things or stuff. I just do a lot of therapy. So I miss news all the time. Here's what I know. NASA found water on the moon. (laughs) Fact number one, there's water on the moon. Are we talking like a lake, a stream, an ocean? These are all really good questions that (laughs) my good friend Google is going to help me answer. Water on the the moon. moon. (laughs) NASA mission finds water on the sunlit surface of the moon. Okay, Mm. so does the dark side have moon? We don't know. Lunar water. (gasps) It's like the sidebar. Of Google, where it has a picture, it says lunar water. Lunar water is water that is present on the moon. Diffuse water molecules can persist at the moon's sunlit surface, as discovered by NASA's SOFIA Observatory in 2020. Some water vapor is decomposed by sunlight, 
with hydrogen quickly lost to outer space. Oh, I'm going to just like say, oh, as if to say, I know what all that means. I know it's a lot of words. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I have not yet seen this very specific joke made. People are posting a lot of articles called like, she's wet. The moon is wet. Wet ass planet. Planet. That's the joke. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. That's because you made up the joke. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you, you know what I think got her wet? What? All those baby witches trying to curse her, <laughs> trying to hex her. She's like, <laughs> I'm so powerful. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She's aroused. Not that I actually uh, impose gender on literally anything. It's made up. You can mm-hmm. call the moon whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. It doesn't care. No, it doesn't really. Just like tarot cards. They don't really care yes. either. And also the moon has been connected to uh, femininity for a very long time. It's historically. True. And pronouns have nothing to do with femininity. Exactly. Or masculinity. Exactly. Language is made up. Mm-hmm. It and, is. And sacred. And sacred. It's both. It's both of those things. Yeah. <laughs> sacred spells. Liminal spaces. Uh-huh. So I'm going to I'm going to get us into moon. Yes, please. Content. I'm going to start out with a little story from when I was interning as um, more of a baby therapist a little bit earlier in my career. So working with a little boy and he notices that I have moons. I have many moons all over my body. So I think I don't know how many moons I have tattooed on me, but quite a few. And on my right arm from the top of my shoulder blade down to my wrist are large um, lunar cycles. So Mm -hmm. all the cycles are represented. All eights are on my arm. And this little boy is kind of curious and he says, oh, can I see them more? And so I lift up my sleeve and I show it to him and he's considering the moons and he's looking at them and he goes, huh, the moon is always the same and the moon is always different. And I started to tear up because that's the only person who has ever correctly identified why I have moons tattooed on my body. I generally hear like, oh, are you really into space? (laughs) Like, I mean, I'm not not into space, but no, it's more about the symbolism. I really don't like explaining tattoos. Recently, a, a, a barista asked me how many tattoos I have. And I went, I don't know. I don't know how to count them. There's just many of them. Uh, So I digress. It was really um, beautiful for this child to understand exactly why these moons are here. Mm -hmm. The moon as a symbol for uh, that which is both concrete in who it is, what it is, and also changing at the same time. A similar uh, analogy that I like is um, man never steps in the same river twice. It's always the river and it is always different. And that idea has been really, really helpful and nurturing to my recovery from trauma triggers and kind of chronic depression that comes with a trauma background. Um, I am different every single day Mm -hmm. and I also am the same and need to care for myself every single day. And the moons remind me of that. Mm, I love that. And I think that that's something that even if we haven't had the words for it like that, like that beautiful thing you just said, it's like we can feel it in our bones when we look at the moon. We can. I have a quote. (laughs) When don't you? I I love your quotes. I always have a quote. And first I have a correction. So this is uh, Sarah Faith Godestiner, which I've been saying, I don't even know how many times. 
on the pod, Sarah Beth. I had a professor at Antioch called Sarah Beth and everyone (laughs) just called her Sarah Beth all the time. So that just rolls off my tongue. So apologies, Sarah Faith Godestiner. She is the author of the Many Moons Workbook, which has been coming out for, I don't know, five or six years now. I've had every edition. I love it. It has changed over time. It's much more of a calendar and a planner now, which is cool. But before it made that transition, it was a really hefty workbook. I think I might know why she made that transition. This must be a fuck lot of work. It's really intensive and wonderful. She also was on Strange Magic, which I have um, plugged before. She now has a new podcast called Moonbeaming. Moonbeaming. And she uh, just released The Moon Book which is her cumulative moon witch book. Really fantastic. So I'm holding my 2018 edition of Money Moons, and she has an opening here called Why the Moon. So here we go. Because she's a celestial anchor, because she's both tethered and free, because she's complicated, because we feel her inside of us. When she's inside of one of us, she's inside of all of us because she's tied to the tides, because the earliest people obeyed her orbit, timed their months and holidays and celebrations and agriculture to her, and part of that lineage is still in us, cell phone light be damned. Because she wants you to gather, she wants you to revel, she wants you to celebrate, to harvest, and solace one another, the messenger of tears, the bringer of truths, a rock and an optic illusion, light bulb and a muse and a prayer and a song and a scream and a stifle and a scourge and a spiral of time. La Luna lights up the night, our subconscious where the deep mind lives. The hands of our eternal clocks rotate around her luminescent center. Hmm. Yeah, just a very, very poetic intro to why the moon, you know, why the moon for you, Callie? Why do you think that the moon is a powerful symbol? Well, this past year, I got a lunar moth tattooed on me, and she has a little crescent moon behind her, and the words moon soaked under, and that's right on my sternum. And that particular phrase kind of reminds me to be a wild being. I think of like coyotes and wolves howling at the moon. I don't know if coyotes howl. They yip at least. They make a noise. They make sounds. (laughs) Uh, Foxes screaming at each other. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the moon reminds me to reflect on my shadow, my light. I have a a dear friend, the friend that I was talking about in our last episode, actually. I told them a couple days ago that I feel like they're the dark side of my moon. And it feels really true. You know, we, I feel with that person, like we're, um, one in the same in a lot of ways and we come at the same center from opposite sides, which is really valuable. Mm -hmm. The moon inherently in itself calls me to reflect on the shadows cast from the light and the dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like this came up around the Samhain theme, right? The, the moon is, is often dark. That's um, a significant portion of the moon's experience. And then we have the opportunity to reflect on the moon. 
speaking of the moon's experience, you know, for our listeners, I think it would be helpful just to break down some of the phases. There are many phases of the moon, but generally the ones that we can work with magically are the new moon. So new moon, again, generally, and this is an outline um, from many moons, which I do see pretty pretty widespread. So you can find this content, I think, pretty universally. Uh, new moon is a, a time to set intentions. This is when the moon is just starting to open up and develop. Waxing moons are about moving forward with that intention and action. And how are you pulling that intention forward? Something that helps me remember the difference between waxing and waning, mm-hmm. by the way, mm-hmm. is you wax on. <laughs> That's smart. I like that. Yeah. I so like it's that. about adding things on, uh-huh. moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Full moon is about affirmation and harvest and concretizing. So really noticing how you have manifested the intentions that you set in the new moon through the waxing moon, through that building up phase. Mm -hmm. And then when we're in the waning moon and waning, I mean, just as a word is like, oh, things are waning. They're becoming less, right? The moon Mm -hmm. is getting uh, smaller and darker is a time to release and let go, right? So it's this process of filling the cup and emptying the cup, right? And Mm -hmm. then we get to the dark moon, which is finality, um, setting things to rest, um, really being in themes of darkness and just another layer of letting go and release, So what is the difference between the new moon and the dark moon? Because Mm -hmm. I would have thought that the new moon was the dark moon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have seen it worked with both ways. In many moons, she makes a differentiation. Dark being a void space. So Sarah Mm -hmm. Sarah Faith is really into void. She'll Mm -hmm. say it all the time. So she differentiates those phases. I mean, you can differentiate the phases even further. There's eight total, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And she goes for five because I think that her uh, professional work is very void focused. So what does Mm -hmm. it mean to be completely liminal? So dark moon is the liminal space of the moon where the moon isn't actually doing anything. Whereas the new moon is being born. It is uh, arriving. It is developing into a newer iteration of itself. So that would be when there's barely any tiny, tiny bit of light on the moon. Yeah, exactly. So when it's extremely dark, you can't even see it, dark moon. And then new moon is when it's, oh, it's just starting to become, you can still see that silver lining around I didn't know that. Yeah, and cool, right? Yeah, Uh and I know there's, I mean, you said that there are eight phases. Mm -hmm. I have heard a lot about the the gibbous and the balsamic, which, you know, I don't like vinegar. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm more of a ranch bitch myself, but I mean, the eight full phases that Western science recognizes, she says Mm -hmm. in in Many Moons Workbook, new moon, new crescent slash waxing crescent, first quarter, waxing gibbous, full moon, waning gibbous, last quarter, waning slash balsamic that you just referred to. So uh, yeah, there's quite a few. And I think that if you're an advanced practitioner of moon magic, then yeah, you're probably working with all of those little phases because you're doing Mm -hmm. ritual around the moon probably pretty constantly. If you are new to moon magic, I think really just working with uh, even combining the dark moon and the new moon, you know, they're Mm -hmm. often referred to as the same in many other disciplines, working with that, then working with uh, waxing, full, waning, new slash dark, right? Mm -hmm. Just those four phases, I think can be a really great place to start, Mm -hmm. but we'll get more into ritual and magic, I'm sure. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> We're going to be talking about some ways to utilize the moon in the second half of the episode. 
Right now, we want to remind you of our amazing sponsor because, you know, we produce this a thousand percent ourselves with the support of our patrons and with the support of BetterHelp. Yeah. I was really excited. This was actually the very first sponsor that you and I reached out to Mm -hmm. because we really wanted to build relationships with actual therapeutic tools into the podcast. One of the biggest struggles I have as a therapist is just wrestling with the inaccessibility of mental health treatment. So because BetterHelp can do therapy from their home and do it remotely, that means that people, you know, they don't have to go anywhere, which can actually be a thing. Like if you don't have a car or access, getting to a clinic can actually be difficult. Mm-hmm. So just the convenience of being able to be at home, I think, is really important. And then that increases the possibility that people will actually utilize therapy. Yeah, I know that it has felt like a significantly lessened burden for me to be able to do therapy from home just on my phone. And I really hope that the world just gets more comfortable with virtual therapy in general because of where we're at in the world. I agree. And I think it's important that mental health consumers have the ability to have a say in who their provider is. As a therapist, I definitely, you know, I meet a new client and I'm like, well, you know, I don't think we're a good fit. So can I help you find someone who is? Or they tell me I'm not a good fit and that's fine. I think we really need to normalize that. And with BetterHelp, you can change anytime and choose a different provider if they're not a good fit for you. Because likely, you know, you might need to try on, you know, a few different kinds of providers before you find the one that's right for you. Having therapists who are capable of helping me with my specific needs and to say that they offer that worldwide is really cool to me Mm -hmm. really like the better help has financial aid available for people this is a long-term therapeutic process so this isn't a crisis line it's different than that it is not a self-help line it's different than that so it's a therapeutic relationship that needs to build consistently so that's what you can get And because BetterHelp is partnering with us, you can go to betterhelp.com slash pocket coven, and you can actually get 10% off of your first month. If within that time you decide you don't like your therapist, you can, as Amber said, just easily switch to a different one. It's super accessible and it's betterhelp.com dot com slash pocket coven that will get you 10% off it'll get us just a little bit of a kickback so it's a great way to support the podcast and your well-being at the same time welcome to day two of this episode (laughs) in in true retrograde fashion so here's the story we made a really beautiful episode yesterday i was really pleased with it like We just keep getting better and better. Editing keeps getting easier and easier. And then, you know, I even reviewed it. I made sure everything was tight. I saved it. And then when I opened it this morning, pretty much all of the episode had disappeared. And I can't figure out why. And uh, it doesn't even matter why. It's not uh, useful to speculate on it. It's retrograde season and this shit happens constantly. Yeah. And didn't we just talk about rolling with the punches of the retrograde last fucking week? We did, but I didn't want to roll with any punches today. <laughs> I don't like them. <laughs> yeah, but. And. <laughs> but and. Yep. Uh, you had two hours between clients. I did. I had I do. a lot of 
Animal Crossing to play today. <laughs> I don't have any clients today. So I hauled my ass out to your neck of the woods and I don't mind, you know, we, I think that this is part of us becoming more and more comfortable. And like you and I were just talking about, I feel like our project of the podcast is really therapeutic for me. It learned, it learns me. It <laughs> learns me. I'm learned. <laughs> it is teaching me how to have a relationship, being responsible to another person without taking the world on. That's something I really struggle with. And I'm unlearning codependency and learning how to exist uh, comfortably and, and growing and being uncomfortable mm-hmm. and trusting that. Mm-hmm. If that was a phase of the moon, what would it be? I think that that would be like maybe the day before a new moon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right before when it feels like things are getting dark and, mm-hmm. and you're kind of focused on what's going away. You're focusing on the light going away. But like it always comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Similarly, I feel like, yeah, this project is, well, I mean, it's big, it's big full moon vibes, right? Like how to take what I know I can contribute to the world and then really bring it to fruition. And also in keeping with being a full moon vibe, it's, it's a lot, it's, it's overwhelming. It can be right. Mm -hmm. Depending on the gravity of that particular moon cycle. (laughs) I mean, sometimes yeah. a full moon feels really invigorating and sometimes a full moon feels really exhausting. And also, you know, again, like we, I do remember we were talking about in the first part mm-hmm. um, that is retained from yesterday's recording, that that's part of why we turn to the moon um, as a symbol is because it um, normalizes and gives permission for us to not always be productive, to sometimes be in a dark mm-hmm. uh, place or a dark phase and that that's not, that's not a problem, Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't have to be a problem. It doesn't mean that I don't feel overwhelmed or anxious inside of that, but it's just because I'm feeling something doesn't mean that there's a problem necessarily. Right. Just because the light isn't shining on you. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that the coldness will last forever, but like it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It definitely is cold. Yeah. When I think about working with phases of the moon, there are sometimes when I, you know, have a thought in mind about what I want to be working on. And a lot of folks talk about how in a new moon, that's when you set new intentions. Mm -hmm. And I, I totally get that. And it resonates with me. And then with a full moon, it's about like letting go. You're really, it's kind of like ripe and full. Mm -hmm. And again, that resonates and makes sense. But personally, I don't necessarily feel like that means I can't do calling in and intention setting mm-hmm. and new spell work on a full moon, for example. I feel mm-hmm. like it could be extra juicy. But I don't know. What do you think about that whole prescribed mm-hmm. do and don't list of moon work? Yeah. Similar to tarot, I think that it depends on the learner and it depends on who we're looking at. For a lot of us, for me, I really like to learn a prescribed structure first so that I Mm -hmm. have some sort of a container from which to grow off of, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 
Jessica Lignato in Ghost of a Podcast, she'll talk about astrology very much as like weather. So it doesn't necessarily mean that if Mercury's in retrograde that you're going to have a hard time, but like the weather, if it's raining, you might get wet, right? And then social kind of talk about that. Like this is kind of generally and sometimes specifically what this phase means. And you can take some, some support from that, some guidance from that. You know, she'll say things like, uh, I don't really suggest that during this particular phase you do any manifestation work. I don't think it's a really great time. It's very stormy if we're looking at it like weather, right? Might, might not be the right time. And then she'll always say, and maybe I'm wrong and it doesn't matter. Do whatever you need to do. <laughs> and yeah. so I really like her approach and I like kind of giving her that citation because I got it from her, you know, the, mm-hmm. the flexibility and the both and the uniting of those dualities that... Um, that structure is important and there's something to learn and also it's not everything. And if I feel called to manifest, I don't really care what phase of the moon it is. Mm -hmm. If I feel called to bind something or to shed something away, then I'm going to do that. Yeah. It's in my opinion, it's always about working with where you're at and what you need in that moment. You know, something that I think a lot of folks feel around Samhain is like, okay, I need to be open. I need to be open to the thinned veil. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but like, maybe if that stresses you out and it freaks you out and you're really scared of it, maybe you don't need to worry about that. Maybe, yeah, totally. I mean, also it's like, if we don't have a sense of self-awareness, we may not know right, right, what we need at, at a particular time. Like I just talked about, oh, when I know that I need to be manifesting or binding or banishing, right? Mm-hmm. I know that because I practice self-awareness. If you don't know how you feel, if you don't know what your thoughts are telling you, what your body is telling you, then having um, a prescribed practice can help you cultivate self-awareness, right? Yeah. You practice looking at a theme like the dark moon, for instance, like what is it like for me when I'm in the dark? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like what what behaviors and thoughts and feelings come up in my dark place? Mm-hmm. I don't know, right? So having that structure can help you build in the self-awareness you would need to leave the structure, mm-hmm. right? So to me, it's like a developmental process. Can I tell you little bit about a tool that I give to my clients. Yeah. So I will say that I recommend this so often that I feel like a broken record and I feel like it's something that seems so obvious that it won't work. I know that I feel that way about stuff, including this a lot of the time, but journaling, like literally if you have two minutes in a day to write down on on a piece of paper, anything, any thought you have, including today I ate a baguette, I'm tired. Great. You know what information that gives you is that tomorrow when you look back on today, if, if you have stomach issues, you, maybe it's the thing you ate. If you have anxiety, maybe it's because there's something left over from yesterday. Mm-hmm. Or maybe after a few weeks, you notice that you've been in a pattern of being really tired. Mm-hmm. Or maybe your energy goes up and down. It's just information. And what it does is it prioritizes thinking of your state of mind. I Oh, I agree. I prescribe journaling often when I'm working uh, therapeutically. I have some clients that fill, I mean, that I've been working with for years that I've seen fill journals. Mm-hmm. I have clients who journal in session and take notes because I, I'm heavy on the psycho ed, so they want to yeah. take notes, which I appreciate. And then I have other clients for whom mm, that's not comfortable for them. Yeah. And sometimes I try to push that because also when we're journaling, um, like you said, no matter what we're putting down, it's... Yeah. 
it's a, a structure to, to kind of make us stop yeah. and reflect. And I think that for some people, after years of journaling, that becomes intuitive and they don't really work with the journal anymore because that process is natural to them. Yeah. Um, and, or maybe you do for the rest of your life. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And also tarot is another place where this can come in, right? If it's not, if for whatever reason you don't want to journal, sometimes I find it very inaccessible myself, um, you can just cast down a card, right? Mm-hmm. Or also like you can look at what phase of the moon we're in, right? And you can try to consider okay, I'm in a waning moon. I wonder what that's about. Is there some things in my life that are sort of falling away from me right now? Is that uncomfortable yeah. for me? Right, that whatever practice you choose, just have a practice. Yeah, and I love that you bring up using different mediums for the same purpose because I do actually have one client whose dyslexia makes it impossible for her to commit to a journaling practice. And I, oh my God, I have so much sensitivity for that kind of stuff. I totally feel that. So with her, I've told her, you know, open your recorder app on your phone and just talk to yourself or record a video of yourself on your computer. Just getting your thoughts in alignment with the external world outside of just yourself, because when thoughts are inside of us, I think they're kind of abstract. We don't really think about them when we're not thinking about them. Yeah, they're ephemeral. You know, they yeah. they uh, they don't have a form. Like just this morning, I was talking uh, about the need for concretization. So when I'm doing yeah. drama therapy, it's making things concrete. Mm-hmm. So one of my go-to activities with a group is come in and make a sound and a movement that mm-hmm. shows me how you feel today. And that can be really challenging for people, mostly because they have not practiced even knowing how they feel today they might not even be able to express that so learning how to express that is very valuable and also you know this this entire conversation like where this is taking us is we're talking about kind of the unconscious which is the realm of the moon right that the moon is symbolic of the unconscious mind and also that which is conscious right the combination of both and trying to move between those those worlds within us so in working with the moon and its phases. There are obviously innumerable ways that we could do that. I would love to hear your thoughts on how to get started with a moon practice, lunar loving. Yeah, I would love to get into talking about just different ways that you can work with the moon. I have a quote as usual (laughs) on moon worship. This is from Britannica.com. This gives us a little framing, I think. I love the history bits. Okay, so they say, moon worship, adoration or veneration of the moon, a deity in the moon, or a personification or symbol of the moon is sacred. The sacredness of the moon has been connected to the basic rhythms of life and the universe. A widespread phenomena appearing in various eras and cultures, moon worship has engendered (laughs) a rich symbolism and mythology. The moon is viewed in terms of the rhythmic life of the cosmos and is believed to govern all vital change. The cyclical process of disappearance and appearance of the moon is the basis of the widespread association of the moon with the land of the dead, the place to which souls ascend after death, and the power of rebirth. So, I mean, like, when we look at the symbolism, symbolism excuse me, of the moon, I think we're able, at least I am, able to draw on information that can tell me about what the moon is good for, 
right? Exploring mm-hmm. the unconscious, exploring the dead, exploring the night, exploring the unknown parts of the self. So, um, I mean, in my life, moon worship looks like, I mean, making moon water, which is mm-hmm. very in right now. It's so in. <laughs> it's all over the gram. It is all over the gram, that moon water. Uh, so yeah, moon water is literally putting some water out to soak up the moon vibes, the lunar, uh, I was going to say the lunar sunlight, the lunar light, as they say on the witch, Witch amateur hour, the lunar vibes, the lunar vibes, which they say in our silly voice also. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I had heard after I made my first batch of moon water with the big eclipse season we had this past year. I, I made some and I like let it sit out for like a couple days, really soaking up the vibes. And then I read like, don't let sunlight touch your moon water. And I decided, uh, fuck that. Yeah. Similarly, I just made a, a two, a two night moon water for the blue moon in Taurus. And I also wanted it to absorb sunlight. It's really beautiful in Seattle right now. Yeah. It's really clear and crisp and, I really love the sunlight. I do not like the light of summer. I find it very oppressive and aggravating. The light of fall, I find to be very peaceful and tranquil. And I just felt like I wanted that to be mixed in. I liked that. I like the idea of there being parts of this batch of water that are about the darkness and there's parts that are about the light Mm because I need both of those going forward. Yeah, agreed. And I mean, the full moon is sort of the darkness and the light anyway. You know, we're focused Mm -hmm. on the light because it's in contrast to the dark. And if you really vibe with just having straight up moonlight in your water, that's awesome. We're not saying that that's wrong by any means. No, we're just talking about our personal practices. Yes, because again, like in all witch practices, take what works for you and leave the rest. Mm -hmm. As long as you're not hurting anybody. You're not hurting anybody. Yeah, exactly. Like put some sunlight in your moon water if that's what you want to do. Other than that, I work with the Many Moons Workbook, which I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Mm -hmm. I find that a very helpful reference point and it has really good information. I work pretty predominantly really with just two moon phases. So Mm -hmm. I work with um, dark moon slash new moon. We also kind of referred to that earlier. And I work with the full moon. Mm-hmm. And the working with can look like a lot of things. Like if it's a high holiday in witchcraft, like a blue moon on Samhain, then I spent pretty much the entire day just working with the moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that meant journaling, doing a moon circle with one of my favorite witches, Amanda Yates Garcia, um, you know, uh, talking with friends that that share these ideas and connecting with them over it, literally um, sitting outside beneath the moon for hours and having having a fire, you know, all of those things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes working with the moon means that I drag my tired ass to my altar at the end of a long triggering day and I pick one card and I just remember that it's a fucking full moon. And then I go play Animal Crossing and go to bed. Yeah, we've got moons on Animal Crossing. Yeah, (laughs) many, many of them. Yeah, I similarly, I love doing Amanda Yates Garcia's moon circles when I remember to do them. I forgot this time and then I kicked myself a little bit, but I also had this thought when I went to my altar the other day where I used to feel like I had to sacrifice my energy to work with my altar and that that was part of it. So if I didn't have any energy manifesting, it was part of the sacredness of it. 
And now I feel like, fuck that. I don't think that any of the energy I work with, the goddess that I choose, that I believe chooses me, my ancestors, I don't think they want me to pour from an empty bucket. No, they do not want you um, working out of alignment for your highest and best. They don't want that. They don't want you to be accessing them when you don't actually want to be. Right. And it's... I really don't believe that any spirit that I choose to work with senses disrespect or anything. Uh, I only invite spirits who want my wellness. And so that means they're sensitive to stuff. You know, if I'm putting a bulletin on the ether bulletin board that says like calling all ancestors who are into me exactly as I am fucked up and all, only the ones who want to show up are going to show up. They're not going to be mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So often, like, working with the moon for me can literally just be, oh, I remember it's a full moon. I don't really have the energy to do anything. That's fine. Um, I also like to make moon water. I like to use it for, like, hair rinses and in my baths. I can use it in cooking, stuff like that. Uh, and... I also really like this app called Moon Phase. It's a free I have app. Moon Phase. It's fun. I like yeah. it. It mm-hmm. just sends you a reminder. It's like it's a 99% full moon tonight. Mm-hmm. It helps me, you know, remember since I live in the city, I can't see the moon from my apartment. So it's helpful. I have a moon app that sends me cryptic messages. <laughs> I don't Are know. you talking about CoStar? No, it's a different one. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. I should look, but it'll just send me not even cryptic, but nonsensical. Like, I think I want to jump up and down right now. And I'm like, (laughs) why, why would that be? Or like, have you eaten today? And I'm like, why get get out of my head, moon app. What are you doing? Um, I don't understand, but I like it. I like that the moon is communicating with me through my phone. (laughs) I love the amount of witchy apps that just send call out texts like CoStar and the pattern both are always just reading me and in like such rude ways. CoStar from fuck right off. I'm so tired of them reminding me of all of my (laughs) stuff. Like (laughs) stop looking at me. They're like, stop being a chaotic bitch. Have you said no today? Um, I'm going to say no to you right now. (laughs) Get out of my head. (laughs) Well, with the full moon, I know that right now is, you know, the timing is about releasing things. Mm -hmm. I'm just slamming my rings together. (laughs) I wore big ass rings because I was like, we got all of this chaotic energy in the pod, you know, (laughs) it just erased half of it. I'm going to wear a big ass amethyst and my like sacred heart ring. And then I just, you know, punched them together. Yeah. I like to clack my rings together. Clack. Other things that you can do with your moon water. I did want to say, because I did see several articles online that were like, okay, I made moon water. Now what do I do with it? Do I drink it? Do I, what do I do? Um, I left a bowl of moon water out last month and I was like, oh, you're not for drinking. You've just been, (laughs) squirrels have been playing in you. Who knows what? Um, That one I added salt to and I washed my hands and um, just repeated some affirmations to myself that were congruent with the the theme of that moon, which Mm -hmm. I don't remember even what that theme was. I think it might have been Aries, but... It was a very powerful one. And, you know, with this Taurus full moon that we're just kind of moving out of right now, you could do all sorts of stuff like that. If you have a covered container, you could drink your moon water. My recent batch, I will be taking shots 
uh, <laughs> moon water shots. Um, yes. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just as a meditation when I'm doing my tarot. And um, yeah, what are some other ways that you think our listeners could incorporate the moon into their lives? Well, I want to add for moon water, making tea out of it can be really nice. Oh, that's nice. a good idea. Maybe I'll do that with my with my water. Yeah. And, you know, if you're thinking like, won't well, making it hot take the moon out of it for some reason? I don't know. That's up to you. If fire feels like an energizing thing for you, for sure. If it feels like a cleansing thing, then maybe not. Figure out the symbolism that works for you there. I think that with the current moon cycle where it's at, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about a lot lately is all the heartbreak that I've accumulated in the past couple of years because I'm polyamorous, which just, you know, when you have like multiple relationships, it's multiple opportunities to have your heart broken, which happens. Like something that I I think sounds really bitter and I don't mean it to is that most romantic relationships end in a breakup. Oh, yeah. It's just true. So I've had some heartbreaks that have really lingered in me and I've been working a lot on letting those go. I've been working on it on my own and in therapy, doing some like lifetime integration with my therapist, which is where you kind of go over a memory and rewrite it in a lot of ways to get closure. And I was looking at a spell in the book, A Guide to Practical Witchcraft. I think that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. A Practical Guide to Witchcraft mm-hmm. by... Ilva Mara Radazowski, which I may have just butchered, and I apologize if that's the case, but she is an incredible local priestess and creatrix, and she wrote this book. It's phenomenal, and she has a spell for heartbreak in there. So I am probably going to be doing some of that, although the spell does call for, uh, after you do it, to come together with the person who you have a broken heart around and reconciling with them in some way. My broken hearts aren't really connected to anybody that's still in my life. So I'm going to be doing that on my own, and I feel like that is just as viable and valuable. Making magic suit you is what it's about. Oh, I'm glad that you're going to do that work. I think that's really valuable. And similarly, I mean... This full moon, I feel like this cycle carried just a lot of personal change. And mm-hmm. I think the spell that I'm casting right now is that I made a I made a list of all the dates that I'm taking off over the next two months. And it's not a lot, but it's enough. It's enough mm-hmm. to like actually get some rest. And to me, that's a fucking spell <laughs> because it yeah. like it's intention setting and then an action is taken and then I have a result, which is to me all really a spell needs to be. Um And that is because I am self-reflecting on this moon and I'm realizing Mm -hmm. how much has been brought to fruition and, you know, also congruent with uh, Samhain rituals. We're going into the dark time. I need to recover big time, right? So where am I going to do that? I have to make that happen. No one's going to do that for me. Mm -hmm. And the moon reminds me that it's time. Something I love that you prioritize in your life is just getting out of town for like a weekend, a couple times a year, you'll like rent a cabin. I do it seasonally. 
every yeah. season or, um, and sometimes more, this time is going to be more this season because this has been a particularly, um, big season in my life, right. just historically, like this is a big, huge shift for me. Um, but just as a rule, yeah, every single season I get out of town. I know that this has been the case for you through, I mean, yes, you have your master's degree now and you have a therapy practice, but I know that you've prioritized this through really extreme poverty as well. Mm -hmm. And like, I acknowledge that hearing like, oh, I go out of town four times a year at least, Mm -hmm. it can sound really luxurious, but I've also gone away with you. And I know that we've found places for like 30 bucks a night. Yeah. You know, and yes, even that is a luxury mm-hmm. and being able to do it is a privilege, mm-hmm. but we can always find ways to prioritize the things that really add to the value of our lives. Mm-hmm. It has definitely reminded me that it's okay to acknowledge what I need. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. It's not always um, even possible to actually leave town. You know, I'm able to do that for a lot of reasons. One, I have, you know, one child and she's almost an adult. I make my own schedule, right? I have a lot of advantages Mm -hmm. and I've worked really hard to be able to have that kind of uh, autonomy in my career Mm -hmm. and in my personal life. That's, it's also about the choices I've made. And at the same time, even before this was true, um, I still, took time. My very first therapist when I was 20 years old, she taught me way back then. So I guess that would be almost 18 years ago. Oh my gosh. I know. And I'm still working on this. It's not like it's not a revolving door of self-work, but she said, you know, if you have a place in your day that is unscheduled, you need to block that off because what Mm -hmm. you're doing, and I I still do this again, um, is you're, you're saying yes to things because you notice that you have space that day. And then you're not leaving yourself any space in the day. You, you really mm-hmm. must do that. So I've been on the path of just slowing myself down and taking space for the last 18 years, mm-hmm. a really long time. And um, there's been plenty of times in my life where the break that I got was staying home, staying home for a weekend. Yeah. That, is, that can be really restorative too. Mm-hmm. It's only been in the last, oh, year and a half that I'm like, oh, I have a grown-up job now and I can like go out for two days to a fairly cheap Airbnb. <laughs> right. And I know that, you know, yeah, you have a car now. You have... Oh my God. An old ass car. Oh, my little (laughs) old ass car that I love. Yeah. Well, because it gives you so much freedom and everything. But I know that even when you didn't have that, you were taking the bus, you were hauling yourself out and traveling multiple hours each way to get somewhere that's only an hour away. Totally. No, I'll find people to let me stay with them, like all sorts of things. Um, And and that's also to me in service of living the sort of lunar experience. Like I really again, like the moon has been really helpful in my life for about, I'd say almost four years now, really consistently helpful. And it's in these four years that I've been like, no, every season, every season, I don't care how broke I am. And there's been some times where I've been very broke. Yeah. It wasn't even about money. It was about the fear around asking for help. Is it okay if I crash with you this weekend? I really need some time. Do you have the space for me? Can I be with you? Right. And again, we don't all have those safe places in our lives. Sometimes the safe place that we have is within ourselves. Right. And it's because there's a safe place within myself that I remember to go do these things. Mm -hmm. You really, you brought it back around to exactly what I was inching toward, which is that the moon reminds us to make use of what we have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, You know, I mean, that's a really symbolic way to look at it, but 
the moon is the moon. <laughs> and she's going to shine when she's going to shine. And she's going to be dark when she's dark. Yeah, that's her way. That's the way of things, right? Yeah. Like for me to go into a phase of feeling underground, that is not because there's something wrong. That is the way of things. And that is the way of all things. And there's something about that for me that's very relieving. That might feel like not a very relieving idea for other people, but for me it's relieving yeah. because it's um, not pathologizing my experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I mean to bring it back to like, what our listeners can do to work with the moon, right? We've shared a lot about our experience and I bet that people listening will, will resonate with, with some of this, but Mm -hmm. I mean, more concretely kind of referring back to that idea of having some sort of structure to start with, Mm -hmm. um, observing the cycles do just maybe start with the new moon every, every month or the full Mm -hmm. moon or both. Maybe you want to do more phases. Think about that. You could be journaling. You can be building an altar. You could go to one of the moon circles that Amber and I were talking about, and you can find those through the Oracle of LA. It's at Oracle of LA on Instagram. Yeah, they're really wonderful. And also, I mean, pay you know, pay attention to what we're doing. We have talked about creating a monthly um, moon circle. And I think I would like to work towards that in the new year once we get through the holiday season. I mean, there's 10 days of Yule. It's a much bigger deal than Christmas, so. (laughs) I'm excited to see what we end up talking about around Yule because, I don't know, I think reframing holidays to be, you know, these things that can reclaim parts of who we are and connect us more to the center of being, I don't, I've never said that before, but, (laughs) but it feels like the point of it, I, it feels really special and sacred and to be able to share it on a platform is exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. In whatever way you want, I mean, you can do a Google search and look up like how do people work with the moon, right? Like, I mean, you can choose a structure, you can follow a structure. We've given you several really, you know, um, or you can just go rogue and just look at her and yeah. see what she wants you to know. Consider it. Use your judgment and make your magic yours. Mm-hmm. It is only for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. We said in our our last episode that we were going to mention a few really wonderful people who've joined our Patreon this episode. And... We just keep on saying that it's amazing. It's amazing that we have patrons. We have 20 patrons now. That is so awesome. It's wild. Thank you so much. Thank you for caring so much about us. Seriously. For, I mean, voting for our sustainability in in this endeavor, you know. So we just want to say thank you to Melanie, Claire, Sheena, Wendy, Sarah, who was on that last episode, Kira, Sammy, Cheryl, Abigail, and Greta, who just joined yesterday. Oh, hell yeah. I I hear some names I know in there, and I'm very happy. Thank you so much for supporting our work. Yeah, and if you are not yet a patron, I know that we talk about it a lot, but the reason we talk about it a lot is because, one, it really does help us, and, two, we release really good content on there. So... In last week's, we did that little 
basically counseling session. And in this week's, we talk a lot about the psychology of cults. And in doing that, I know that we talked about it at the top of the episode a little bit, but we decided that our next episode next week is going to be about cults. We're going to talk about the Nexium cult. We're going to talk about cults in general. And also that witchcraft is not a cult. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really excited about this. There's, yeah, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but there's a lot to say. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just going to say if you become a patron in that bonus material, you can hear uh, me reveal something to Callie that I had never revealed to her. (gasps) That's true. Mm-hmm. I know that's a hook, right? So you could hear something very personal about me <laughs> if you become a patron. Yeah, and you can hear all about our Animal Crossing islands. And oh, and speaking of personal, so on Samhain I ordered a Twenty Three and Me kit, and um, I think I have decided that I am going to look at the results on the pod. I don't know when that mm-hmm. will be because I don't know how long this process takes, but look yeah. out for that in the future. Yeah, I'm so excited for you to do that. It's something I've done, and I'm excited that we're going to get to talk about it and what it's like. Also, I think we should definitely reach out to 23andMe and see if they want to be a sponsor. Oh, that's a good idea. Right? (laughs) We also each, for Samhain and this whole beautiful blue full moon, did work with our Hearthcraft brooms. And if you want to get your own beautiful hearthcraft broom for whatever witchy purposes or housekeeping purposes, you can go to hearthcraftbrooms.com or to the Hearthcraft Brooms Etsy and use code pocketcoven for 10% off because Alyssa is phenomenal and makes gorgeous heirloom quality goods. I've been using my broom as a sensory tool. So for like skin brushing, which is a sensory regulation tool, I've used it in therapy and I've used it on myself and it is very regulating. The idea of that like beautiful little turkey tail broom, I'm looking at it and the idea of it like running across my skin sounds so delicious. P.S. Every time I look at it, I hear you say turkey tail because the first... The first time you showed me, you're like, look at that turkey tail. And it just, it just loops in my head now. Well, if, uh, if our listeners want an ornate turkey tail <laughs> as well, you can get those on Hearthcraft Brooms. And uh, thank you again to BetterHelp for being a sponsor. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Every Seriously. time, every time we get a new review, it makes our night. It's Callie. Callie is the one who will notice that first. <laughs> That's her area of expertise. And then she sends me a screenshot, and I'm so happy. Um, so if you could do that, it really helps uh, listeners find us, and it helps us just kind of stay uh, stay active on that Apple Podcast platform. Join us next week for our episode all about cults because, ooh, it's going to be spicy. Yeah. All right. Day two. Day two is over now. (laughs) (laughs) 